Welcome to this very special series brought to you by Straight to the Source and Food South Australia with support from the Department of Trade and Investment. We're coming to you today from the traditional lands of the Ghana people and we'd like to begin by paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. We've taken our studio on the road to Adelaide where we're catching up with 10 exciting producers from regions across South Australia to find out what puts them at the forefront of creativity and innovation in food production. It's been really fantastic to spend time in South Australia over the last few days. It's really reinforced the diversity that's on offer here and the outstanding quality across the board. You can feel the connection and collaboration between producers and it's really wonderful because it makes them so much stronger together. Yeah, we've had we've had and heard some fantastic conversations with producers over the last few days and we're really looking forward to sharing their stories with you. And it's been mighty delicious. <laughs> Let's get started. Today's guest is Lucy Dodd from Lowen Park Produce. Welcome to our pop-up Adelaide studio, Lucy. Um, I'd love to start the conversation by asking you to tell us a little bit about your business. Thanks, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, as you said, I own Lowen Park Produce and we are a farming family. We've been on our farm for 100 years and the main thing we do under our brand is raise um, pasture-raised chicken and um, sell that under under that brand of Lowen Park Produce. So uh, it's a mix of farming and food business because it's not just commodity sales. And so you said the farm's been in the family for a really long time, but the business is just new, is that correct? The chicken business, yeah. So the business that I run on the farm, that's really new. Um, we've only been at a commercial level since the beginning of COVID, really. Pre-COVID. There's like pre-COVID and post-COVID, isn't, there? isn't there? It's like this defining moment in time for so many people and so many businesses. Yeah. But tell us what brought you back to the farm. So did you grow up on the farm? Did I you did. move away and, and come back? And what was the process mm. behind that, that journey? Okay. So I grew up on the farm. Uh, and loved it. As children, um, we were not encouraged to be on the farm. We were encouraged to see the world and, and do what suited us as opposed to an expectation of... Go and spread your wings. Exactly. There was no expectation we had to be on the farm. So I did that. I um, did a university degree in business and literally travelled the world, but always had that connection to the land and environmentalism and sustainability. So I actually moved into the environment department here in South Australia and had a career in environmental management and sustainability and then sustainability agriculture, sustainable agriculture. So there was always then the link to the farm and when as a family we, we spoke about what, what would happen to the farm, you know, in a succession, succession plan, plan yeah. or whether we'd sell the farm, I never wanted to sell the farm. And it got to a stage where I went, well, if I – if what do I do? Um, I either perhaps manage the farm from afar, um, but began to see through um, sustainable agriculture policy and helping other farmers that actually there's a way that maybe I could get back on the farm and see myself as a as a farmer and having a farm farming future that was different to um, mainstream, different to broadacre. Um, cropping or mass commodity, something that was much more connected to um, the consumers and a regenerative process. So connected to the land, of and connected to the well. land, definitely. You know, the fact that we have the land in our family for nearly a hundred years, I want to make sure we can keep having that land in our family for the next hundred years and farm it 
uh, productively and sustainably. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because succession planning is such a big conversation for farming families because, like you say, there's a lot of children that don't want to feel this obligation to come back to the farm. So it does need to be a choice. Um, did you feel that you had been teaching people what to do and you also wanted to put into practice what you'd been teaching others? Yeah, ultimately. So initially, I couldn't see quite where I fitted into the farming um, world. And so that was probably a barrier for me coming back. But, yeah, starting to see the sustainable agricultural practices going on around the world and helping other farmers to be more productive, um, I could see those opportunities. Uh, And especially in the link to the business was how is it that we could support two families on the farm? Right. So through another enterprise such as the chickens um, so that I could be there as well as dad. So you introduced pasture-raised chickens to the farm and and, and created this new brand around that, which is the Lowen Park Park. Produce brand. So our farm name. Is Lowen Park, right. which is where Lowen Park produce comes from. Right. Um, a lot of people just call them Lucy's chickens. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, nice. you know, I wanted to have a brand. Lucy's that we chickens could... or Lucy's chooks? Oh, both. <laughs> um, but I did want to have a brand that enables us to grow with it. So we also um, grow beef and right. do cropping. Right. So it was that vision that said it could be more than just chickens yeah. uh, as we go along. But, yeah, I introduced the chickens. It's funny. Um, my grandparents had chickens um, on the farm layer hens um, and still I guess free range they were they had quite a lot of space but it was never something initially that I went oh I'd farm and be a chicken farmer um, but actually probably my first job was was having laying hens and selling the eggs and so coming back on and go actually yes we could have chickens but use them grow them out in the paddock and where they help fertilize the land for us and help to heal the land yeah. as well as having beautiful tasting meat and of course that was probably just a natural part of farming um, back in the day of your grandparents and parents because it, it was just this um, multi-species approach to the land. And yeah, and each had a family, yeah, farming, yeah. Each had a place in the cycle. So South Australia has so many distinct regions and each of those communities are so vibrant and connected, but then it's got this overarching connectivity across it. But tell us a little bit about the limestone coast and the region that you, you live and work within. Mm. The limestone coast has been a really strong agricultural area for well over 100 years Um, but what I love about it is the diversity of what's actually grown there and it's really a hidden treasure in a sense of it's we are building its brand now Um, I'm a member of uh, a limestone coast um, agribusiness cluster called proudly limestone coast which is all about building um, the brand of the limestone coast and helping people understand not just our brilliant wines because we've got the Coonawarra as well as four other wine regions but also our excellent food. So um, I grow chicken but we've got excellent red meat, beef and lamb, wagyu in our area, um, strawberries, dairies. The, the list is endless. Mayora stations in, Mayora the, stations yes. in the limestone coast. We know coast. Scott well, yeah. Um, Ananda Organic have some awesome capers yep. that you just don't think about coming from the limestone coast, olive oil and, and Pendleton Estate. There's such a rich range of actual products. And so starting to tell that story, um, it's not just a wine region, 
but actually we've grown some awesome projects. Our seafood, a vibrant and diverse. You know, the rock lobster industry is awesome in the Limestone Coast. Well, we'll pop a link into the show notes. So if anybody wants to find out more about the Limestone Coast, head there and they can have a look. Thank you. Okay. And so the chickens are free to roam. How do you protect them from um, predators Mm. and how do you achieve that free range without, you know, putting them at risk? That's right. So we call them pasture raised. So they are in um, chicken tractors or chicken hotels, we call them. So they are protected from the foxes that way. Five star (laughs) with uh, and and electric netting and maremmas. So there's there's a lot of security going on. But we move those pens every day. So they get access to fresh ground every day and um, they leave the fertiliser behind for us. Um, so they're not in a – if you imagine a free-range layer hen, it is a little bit different to that. They've still got plenty of space, but they're within, within their hotel and that hotel gets moved onto fresh ground. And so you're uh, getting eggs from the chickens and you're also doing meat or is it just meat? Just meat. Uh, just meat at the moment. Um, we'd, we'll probably get some layer hens and either sell them under our brand or perhaps under contractor brand um, because uh, of the regenerative nature of the of chooks. Um, but the, the brand at the moment and our main thing is the meat. Great. It's a different breed of chicken. So I was just going to ask, what breed of chicken are they? Yeah, they're a cob hybrid. So most of the commercial um, hens that you have as meat birds in Australia are the same or a similar um, mix. The breeding of them moves pretty fast, so they do... Uh, they grow fast. They grow fast. So you can but get also, them to market fast. Exactly. And the chicken industry globally has changed massively in the last 50 years in the speed with which they grow and the, mu- the muscle um, that they have. And that's why they're so different today than um, your layer hens. But even the, the breeding of those chickens is evolving very fast too. And so really what you're looking to achieve is a breed that is suitable to be free range um, and that grows slower. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, it is a, a longer growing period and it does take longer to get to market for um, your chickens versus commercial yeah, definitely. chicken farming. Chicken. But the flavor difference exactly. is what is distinct, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's amazing to think that the only difference of the animals is in their lifestyle, having a healthy life, a slightly longer life, uh, more movement, so much more muscle texture. Um, being the same breed of chickens, um, that actually, even though they've still got a short life, it is longer than most commercial um, chicken farms, but it's it's only in their life that makes a difference to the flavour, the texture. Yeah. And are you processing them on the property? We'd love to. We're not at the moment. Um, South Australia still has quite a lot of barriers to on-farm um, abattoirs. It is changing across Australia and, and across the world. And I'd love to do that. But only being two years in, two and a half years in, we've got to get the rest of the production right first. But that would be one of my next big projects would be a small on-farm abattoir. So in two years, you've really achieved quite a lot. You've uh, established this brand that is well-recognised in the, the region and the state. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what is your vision for the brand moving forward? I can see that you've got the meat chickens. You've also got some other products. You've mm-hmm. got broth and chicken mm-hmm. liver pate. So where do you sell your products and, and what's, you know, that you've got the on-farm role? We you wear two hats essentially, don't yeah, you? You've so got the on-farm role and then you've got the role of marketing this business to consumers and um, the wholesale market. So just talk us through that a little mm. bit. So, yeah, I definitely feel like I, I wear a lot of hats, um, the farming side of it, because also I'm active on the rest of the farm too. It's not just the chickens. And then uh, with Lion Park Produce doing all the marketing 
uh, all the sales, um, physically taking them to the abattoir, etc. So there's quite a lot of work with that as well. Um, so here in South Australia, which is where we're based, I have a range of butchers, some restaurants, also have three farmers markets where we can um, where we sell our products and direct to customer. So we've we've got a couple of channels that we utilise. Um, so still looking to grow that and grow that brand because we really love the concept of buying local and uh, having good quality produce from your your, your own area. Um, but still, I'm almost halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne, the farm, and Adelaide is our main market here in South Australia. But seeing it move into Victoria or into Melbourne as well would definitely be growth for me. And then looking at how we better utilise the whole animal. So I do have a chicken bone broth, a pasture-raised chicken bone broth, and I'd love to see that product taken to more of a retail scale yep. because it could. It, it's the, the meat is... Uh, a great product, but it is a fresh product that is a little bit trickier with its shelf life to send to Sydney or to send to overseas. Um, but a good quality chicken bone broth really could um, grow really well or sell really well. So we're exploring the opportunities there. And it's such a great product. I think people seek it out because as much as it is um, a fairly straightforward thing to make, it's something that people just don't have time for. So from a convenience perspective it really ticks all the boxes of a wholesome healthy convenient product to have in in your fridge or your freezer just to to reach in and grab when Mm -hmm. you need it Mm -hmm. um what other value-add products do you make the chicken liver pate yeah make the chicken liver pate that's reasonably small in my product range and it's primarily because we had excess liver so i was like right what do we have to do with it i'd much prefer to sell the livers fresh um, and have others who are better chefs than I because I'm already, you know, I'm the farmer and uh, the food business owner. I'm not the chef. Um, so we've actually started a, a bit of a partnership with with another small producer who really excels in making products from, from artisan producers, um, pasture-raised producers, um, where their liver, where my liver is being used in some of their products for chicken liver pro- pate. So oh, that's, that's exciting. Great. So it's that collaboration is, is helping you use all parts of the animal and mm-hmm. mean that there's no waste. Mm-hmm. And then lucky consumers are getting access to those delicious products. So let's talk a little bit about that um, direct-to-consumer engagement because that's a really important part of your business. And um, I know that you've got a big focus on sustaining, creating and sustaining regional communities. Mm. So just, just talk a little bit about what that means to you as a business. Yeah. So I could probably make more money if I was only interested in farming and getting the best return on what we're producing. But what's really important for me is also sharing the story of what it means to farm um, with our consumers and having Australians understanding where their food comes from. So that's where it's really important for me to be able to sell direct to the customer. Farmers markets are great for that, but also online to share that story so um, that people understand the effort that goes into farming, that actually it is it is a really um, complex process with a lot of risk um, and not always that reward and return. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, one of the reasons for having Long Park Produce as a specific brand is potentially getting a better margin on what we produce as well because yeah. we can sell it direct to consumer. We're not um, taking the price offered at um, the cattle auction, for example. Um, so that, you know, that, that helps. But it's, it's being able to share 
and, and share, your story. share our story, but also to support a thriving regional community. I love the fact that I employ staff. It, it keeps more people in our small town of Bordertown. Um, it gets people out of the city. Uh, I'd much rather see bigger regional towns than what we have in Australia is the emphasis on our five or six major capital cities. Um, and what that means right now is I need to do a lot more driving to get my product because I've got to come to the major capital cities. There's not really enough of a market within 100, 200 kilometres of where I live. It's been two years since you've started the business and looking back on it now, what are some of the challenges that you face that you might not um, have anticipated two years ago when you when you got started? Mm-hmm. So many. Um, I did start just before COVID or started my first weekly slaughter was I think two weeks before we had our first COVID lockdown. So I'd sort of been in business but not at, at a proper scale. Um, I think I thought, well, my vision was to sell mostly to restaurants where provenance was really important for them, yep. where they really valued, the, say, the use of the whole animal, but where, where the food came from and sharing that story. So two weeks into a commercial scale <laughs> program <laughs> Tell us and the hospitality closes. industry closes. <laughs> so I had to really rethink and pivot um, about where I was selling and what I was doing. I did already have one farmer's market up at that time um, and so that was very very beneficial to have that already and that definitely grew um, and then the focus on butchers also grew so that was certainly a challenge um, I think the challenge of um, production as a small-scale brand so you are limited to what's available in the marketplace for in my case for slaughtering there's only one custom poultry abattoir in South Australia so I have to use them them. have to use them and then thinking about the packaging and then being limited with some of the packaging because I don't have my own production facility and um, time frames as well it's a fresh product so it's it's something that might last nine days from slaughter so how do you get it to market on time or in a timely fashion so it can also be fresh on the shelf for a certain period of time so those are some of the things I probably was naive to um, before getting into the um, the chickens from having the farming background I sort of was familiar with the risks of growing animals and knowing that that would be a big learning curve Um, but some of the food business side of it has been the biggest thing for me right and what about the value proposition for for consumers Mm. because I think the um, being at, at markets and being able to talk to, to, to consumers face to face gives you that opportunity to explain, as you said before, how difficult and complex and risky it is growing food. And that has a price associated to it. So just talk mm. a little bit about the value proposition. Yeah, if someone's familiar with pasture raised or grass fed for, for beef and sheep and understand um, the value that provides the animals, it's a really easy concept. Um, but having the opportunity to explain why your chicken is double the price of most other chicken in the supermarket does take time. We still have a perception in Australia that chicken is a really cheap meat. Um, and even though all meat and other fresh produce is increasing in price, it still sits sort of lower uh, in the value chain. So it's not easy Um I love to chat, but I'm not a natural salesperson. So you've, you've got to find the moments of being able to get that across. And I think as a, we're in South Australia where I have my strongest networks, um, we do have um, the ability to grow the whole pasture-raised industry. So we're not 
I don't see ourselves as being in competition to each other. It's how is it that stronger we're... Stronger together. Stronger together. How is it that we're growing the industry so that we can share the story of how our chicken and other animal products are different? So in terms of your abilities to scale the business, is that what's next for you and what does that look like? Mm, it is what's next and it's exciting on the opportunities of what scale it could be because it could be scale into other animals, so lamb and cattle, or it could be scale into just pure size of the chickens and where the products are going to, um, as well as scale into the type of products. So talk, I spoke about the chicken bone broth yep. and going that's a really good opportunity for scale, but it is different because it's then into manufacturing and into probably a shelf-stable product into supermarkets. It might be specialty health care places. And there's a big market and for that. A, there is a big market for it, but that's very different to selling a certain number of birds a week through to butchers and restaurants. Yeah. Um, so probably a bit of each of those, oh, as well as a non-farm abattoir. Right. So because that allows us two things. One is less stress on the birds um, and less stress on me on the amount of driving I have to do. But it, we can use some of those waste products more effectively. So on other biofertilisers for our land and yeah. that closed cycle um, and more control over the process and more control over the as well. Exactly. So you know, you know, end to end that the quality is there the way you want it. Exactly. Um, and we can spend more time on the, the packaging and the presentation yeah. um, for the various channels that we have, sales channels. And so talking about packaging, what are your aspirations um, in, in, in the packaging arena? Because there are so many options and, you know, it's becoming more and more important to consumers how things are packaged and brought to market. Yeah. Um, Look, I would love to find a way to minimise the plastic that we have in fresh produce and meat. It is, um, I, as I understand it, and I might be naive to some of the opportunities, um, but it is lagging behind many of the other um, plastics in produce because it's it's wet. You know, yeah. there's liquid involved and a lot of the other plant-based um, plastics that are available now, um, you know, compost a lot faster or decompose a lot faster. So... I think the meat industry um, is lagging. There's a lot of innovation happening in that space, so hopefully it will catch up. Hopefully it will catch up and hopefully, you know, maybe some of the kelp-based products or whatever um, might be there. Um, Yeah, there is some really innovative side of things with packaging that I'd love to spend more time on, um, but I'm focused elsewhere at the moment. Not a hatch aware. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Where can our listeners find your beautiful Lowen Park produce or Lucy's chickens or Lucy's chooks? Where should they, where should they go to look for yeah. them? So, of course, they can go to our website, which is lowenparkproduce.com.au. Currently, there are three farmers markets that we're at, and so they're all around Adelaide. So the main one is right here at the showgrounds, Adelaide Fantastic. Showground Farmers Markets. And the, that's weekly? That's weekly. The Adelaide Hills Farmers Market, which is at Mount Barker and the Mount Pleasant um, Farmers Market as well. And I, I'm there fortnightly, but the market's weekly. And then I have butchers here in around Adelaide in South Australia, P&A Organics on McGill Road's the main one, as well as meet at the market in the Adelaide Central Markets. Um, and um, then the other option is through some of the restaurants that I um, supply. And soon to be available in Victoria? 
Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm definitely open to that. So if anyone in Victoria would like to have um, Lowen Park produce in the fridge, um, they can contact me. I do do deliveries. So I do, if there's a big enough order, I will deliver into Victoria for sure. Okay, well, that's great to know as well. So if there are any listeners interested, they can either get in touch with Lucy directly or give Tonya and I. Uh, a call or send us an email at straight to the source. So the final question I'd love to ask you is how does being involved with an industry association like Food SA support your business? It might sound cliche but it is the contacts and the networks Um, because there's questions you might have or ideas you might have that are not particularly articulate but when you're having conversation with someone else they say well go go talk to Bob he knows more about that or have you considered this you know, the packaging ideas, yeah. um, others have been exposed to things that you're not. Uh, and then you've got the support of the um, industry staff or the, you know, in our case, Food SA staff um, that you can ring up and say, this is what I'm thinking. What do you, where would you send me? And it is important, isn't it? Because when you're on your farm and you're busy in your business, um, it's sometimes hard to to know where to reach out for those those questions and mm-hmm. to bounce those ideas off and also just to know sometimes that the the challenges you're facing you're not alone in and also you know when you want to celebrate a win or a high you've got someone that you can go hey I've just achieved this isn't it great yeah so it is that community it is that community and there's a range of small producers that I know now across the limestone coast in South Australia that I do feel really connected to. Their business is quite different to mine and what what they're focusing on, but it's still the same issues. House production going, what's going on with packaging, what's going on with your markets, who's stocking your produce, how are you going? Yeah, yeah. And that's what we love about South Australia is it's got these really distinct regions and communities, but then it's got this connectivity across the state that is engaged and connected. Mm. And it's really fantastic to see new, exciting brands such as Lowen Park Produce coming into the market and growing. And we really look forward to seeing the growth that the business has ahead. So please stay in touch with us and let us know how things are going. And we really look forward to seeing your products in more butcher shops and on more restaurant menus. And Victoria, here she comes. Thanks so much, Lucy. 